Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hercules Invictus, and our first segment is Age of Heroes, and our guest, Mark Zinna. Mark has served on the Tenafly Council for many years, and currently he is running for mayor against uh, the incumbent uh, Peter Rustin. I see Mark Zinna signs all over town, and I'm very honored to have him here now. Greetings, Mark. How are you? Good, Hercules. How are you doing this evening? And uh, thank you for having me on your show again. I'm doing well. My dog, Sophia, decided to become talkative, so I'm clapping my hands. It quiets her down a, a bit. So hopefully I can get too much commentary. That's wonderful. Um, how about you? Everything is good. Uh, we're out there. We're campaigning um, seven days a week. Uh, we took a break today because of the uh, Yom Kippur uh, holiday today, and uh, which um, – uh, we get restarted tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Uh, we're going to bus stops, recycling centers, knocking door to door, everything it takes to get the word out and uh, get people out to vote. I remember uh, during the uh, primaries when I had a little bit more time than I have now, uh, I recall how busy that was. I imagine that this is uh, quite a lot busier. Well, this is, uh, you know, it's a ser- it's, it's serious, but it's uh, fun and enjoyable. And we typically start, uh, the campaign day starts at 7 a.m. and goes to about 10 o'clock at night. And wow. everything we do is all about um, outreach to voters. And uh, I get myself in front of voters. We have people working on phones. It's all the things we need to do to get people to vote and to hopefully decide to vote for me. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of work. Uh, most certainly, I'll be at the polls on that day. I do the polls uh, um, as part of my thing, try to support the institution of uh, democracy uh, here in our country um, locally. Um, are you anticipating a large uh, turnout, more than we get traditionally? I think we're going to have more than we traditionally get. 
uh, for an off-year election uh, simply because we are doing um, so much get-out-the-vote work now, and it's early, and we're going to continue right up until, you know, Election Day at 6 and 7 p.m., uh, because it's all about getting our message out there and informing the voters of uh, the choices they have to make. And uh, that will result in a larger voter turnout. Uh, you know, if you think about it, if the candidates did nothing, uh, the turnout would be very low. But with um, uh, candidates doing more work than usual, the voter turnout would be naturally higher because the awareness is higher. Incredibly awesome. It is so important to vote. And uh, um, looking beyond our fair borough into the wider world, uh, we're shown every day what's important uh, to go out there and, and vote and uh, uh, be heard and to make uh, your will as a citizen of this country known. Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, the the cold reality of it is is that the people who show up make all the decisions. And mm -hmm. I don't mean in terms of political or elected people. I'm talking about the voters. It's uh, when the, the voters who show up, they make the decisions about uh, what's going to happen. The residents who come to town council meetings, they're the ones whose voices are heard the most um, directly by their representatives. Um, so the people who show up are the ones who make the decision. Can't stress enough. You're 100 percent right. People need to vote. And if they can't show up at the uh, council meetings, they can write a letter and address it to the council. And I've been to enough uh, meetings to know that those uh, letters are read and that the issues they bring up are addressed and that they're taken very seriously. That's correct. It absolutely are. You know, when people, uh, people write letters or send emails to the, uh, um, to the mayor and council uh, for fundamentally um, two reasons. They're either for or against or a particular issue of the day, or they have a particular problem that uh, is personal to them that they're asking for uh, help on. And um, we take them all seriously. We address it. Uh, we have meetings about it if it necessitates it. Sometimes the uh, issues are easy enough that we solve it right at the table and we direct the uh, borough administrator to send a particular response to the resident, um, you know, always with an eye of uh, trying to solve their problem. Um, and that is indeed uh, done. Like I said, I've been to enough of them to, uh, to, to see with my own eyes. Um, one of, because people talk to me as I wander around uh, town, um, one of the misconceptions uh, that I find very disturbing is that uh, despite the accessibility of the mayor and council, you can go there in person, you can write a letter, um, you can watch them on TV. Um, a lot of people still perceive uh, the uh, mayor and council is like a body that isn't aware of them and their needs and doesn't have their best interests at heart. And that's very frustrating uh, because all they need to do is take a few minutes out of their time to see with their own eyes. And that would quickly get dispelled. Um, you're right. I mean, um, the concept that, that uh, where the, my colleagues and myself are not accessible is simply it's it's not it's a it's a the, the perception is incorrect uh you know i have my i've been ha i've had the same cell phone number for 30 years now my cell phone's on my 
Borough business cards. You can Google my name. You can call Borough Hall and ask for me. You can send me an email. And the same with my, my council colleagues. Uh, we're all very accessible. And the people, the residents that reach out to us when they have a frustration or they, you know, just trying to make an inquiry how to solve the problem at the building department or the recycling center, we respond to that because we run into people in the supermarkets, um, you know, in, in, in the different stores around town. So we're right there on the front lines, and it's we help people solve their problems, but we can't solve the problems for people who don't reach out to us. Um, no one gets ignored, I should say, by the council people. Um, you know, that's what we're, that's what we're there for. I, we, you know, I've helped, and my colleagues have helped innumerable people, whether they're, they're moving and they need to put a pod on their front lawn to store their furniture in, or they have a challenge with the building department, or they want to join a committee or a board. Um, that's what we're there for, to help shepherd them through the process. That's the whole purpose of our, our role. And this particular council, in my uh, opinion and in my, through my observations, has been more involved than uh, usual. It seems that the amount of involvement in the community uh, has increased in the five, six years I've been here uh, already. So that's to be commended. Well, th that's, that's correct. Uh, the council has become, over the past several years, I would say more and more of an activist council and we're not just rubber stamping, um, you know, what would typically happen year over year, uh, whether it's the senior bus, whether it's uh, expanding the garden club, you know, whatever the issue happens to be, whether we need, uh, you know, more field space or new football helmets, you know, we're, we're very much looking to listen to what people have to say. And then again, uh, identifying uh, situations, coming up with solutions, and then, um, you know, executing on uh, on the solution. So we've become, as each year goes by, we're becoming more and more activist-minded and more engaged. And, and that is an awesome uh, thing. And uh, uh, people can, if they're uh, Democrats, uh, and you are a Democrat, they can attend uh, the Democrat uh, meetings that are held uh, monthly. Those are transparent as well, and they can voice uh, uh, their opinion there, too. That's correct. We we held we hold the Democratic Committee meetings uh, on Wednesday evenings, and sometimes it's the second or the third Wednesday of the month. You know that becomes a little flexible. Um, and uh, there's 24 people on the committee, and uh, as you said, it is a Democratic committee. Uh, it is open to uh, any registered Democrat. And uh, frankly, you know we've had uh, uh, independents and some Republicans come to the meeting. Uh, simply because they want to talk about a particular issue. And, you know, there, people are always welcome as invited guests. It's really, uh, it's, it's more of a, a community discussion. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not a backroom political organization where everyone's, you know, drinking bourbon and smoking cigars in smoke-filled rooms. It's a very, uh, very open uh, dialogue happens with the people that are there, and we keep it to an hour so that uh, we keep it interesting. We start at 7.30, we're done at 8.30, and then we get together again the following month. And it's all about community topics. Uh, yes, I like that very much, that uh, you are very clear in what uh, you represent and what you would like uh, to do. 
And that's been consistent for as long as uh, I've known you. Would you care to share your platform again? So, yeah, and just I'd like to back up about the Democratic committee meetings. We okay. focus on borough of Tenafly issues there. Um, we don't have uh, philosophical debates about what's going on in Trenton or uh, Washington. Sure, occasionally we might spend five minutes on that, but we're really there to discuss community-level events uh, and community needs, which is really how my platform got developed, uh, which is, frankly, priority number one for me in running for mayor is fixing the potholes and the roads because that affects all residents, and it doesn't make a difference what political party you're a member of. Potholes are neither Democratic or Republican or independent. They're just potholes that need to get fixed. So my priority is uh, roads and infrastructure. And when I talk about infrastructure, uh, we've got water fountains in town that aren't operating or a skate park. Uh, We have issues there of safety issues for the kids that need to be addressed. Uh, We have a downtown that uh, I've got some plans for rejuvenating the downtown and it involves uh, some of the new uh, construction and renovation that's going to happen over at the Clinton Inn, which is all very exciting. We've got streets near the high school, the middle school, where we have four-way stop signs, where we should have either police officers directing traffic or real red, yellow, green lights during school hours so that the traffic will flow easier. So my platform is really all about infrastructure and making life easier physically for residents moving around town and trying to get things done. And I think if we accomplish those tasks, then we can start moving on to, you know, bigger and greater concepts. But we have to get the basics done first. That's very important. And that's something I'm hearing consistently from residents. One of the areas uh, of concern, uh, the people with uh, uh, who are older who have disabilities, uh, they've uh, expressed concern about the uh, new uh, uh, recyclable pickups that are going to be happening in a year or so. Um, and uh, I, I believe we've talked about that uh, before uh, a few times, but that's really the only recurrent uh, concern that uh, I that's been coming to me, the one that keeps repeating over and over again, possibly because what I'm focused in in town. So um, what, what's happening with the recyclables, uh, we, we've ordered some new recyclable trucks, which has, you know, much like Anglewood has those one-armed bandit trucks where you have one driver mm-hmm. who stays in the cab and this big uh, kind of fork, if you will, comes out, lifts the recycling can, dumps it upside down into the, uh, the back of the recycling truck. And uh, the first initial containers we thought about were fairly on the large size and which might be difficult for some seniors to move around uh, just because of the bulkiness. And um, I actually went to the, uh, the vendor that sells those to the town, and I, and I bought one, and I've showed it to some of the seniors who were giving me feedback that perhaps we uh, should use one a little bit smaller or at least different families can have different sizes based on how much recyclables they use and, and the physical uh, comfort level of whether they can move them or not. So one of the things we're probably going to do based on that feedback from seniors is get uh, three different sizes of recyclable cans so that they can decide what's comfortable for them and then it becomes easier to wheel to the street. And beyond that, to your point, if there are individuals who, um, you know, kind of are, are challenged physically 
and they really can't bring the recyclable container to the front street, well, we're going to have a list for those folks, and um, the driver will actually get out of the vehicle, take it from the side of their house like they're doing now, and, and take care of that for them. Oh, awesome. Uh, that's something I'll be keeping uh, on top of and bringing up <laughs> occasionally. But thank you. That's very heartening uh, to uh, hear. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Democratic uh, Club also. Um, we live in a very polarized uh, time. And uh, one of the things I find very refreshing about the uh, Democratic County Committee meetings is that uh, even though everybody is uh, united in purpose, uh, people have differing opinions uh, and different perspectives uh, and that's voiced uh, quite freely as well. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, everyone is, uh, uh, you know, my my view of the committee meetings and also as a council member is that everyone, you know, with, with within the structure of, you know, respect for other people, everyone should have an opportunity to be heard. I think that uh, whether you're in the council meeting as a council member or a member of the public uh, speaking during public comment time, or at the Democratic Club slash committee meetings, everyone should have an opportunity to be heard. And um, that's the, frankly, it relieves tension because if you try to block people from speaking, people get very frustrated, they get very unhappy, um, and it, it's no good for anyone. So it's, everyone should have a shot at having their say. It's really that simple. And it's very refreshing, as is uh, on occasion people who are uh, representing uh, bigger causes uh, that extend beyond our community have come to the meetings as well to share what they're doing um, and uh, to leave the door open for people to get uh, more involved if they believe in that cause. That's correct. That's correct. So I'm very honored to be part of that uh, that body because, uh, again, I, I see a lot uh, happening and I see a lot uh, getting uh, done. No, I encourage. I always encourage people to come. Um, and we've gotten new people to uh, to attend. And as a matter of fact, uh, Adam Michaels, who uh, ran in the primary this past spring about a year and a half ago, he said to me, Mark, I, uh, you know, I'd like to be uh, – considered uh, as a member of the, the council. And how do I get on the council? I said, the first thing you have to do is start coming to the Democratic committee meetings and uh, show up, uh, let people get to know you, let your voice be heard, talk about topics that are important to you. And uh, he said to me, well, it can't be that easy. And I said to him, well, the election is not going to be easy, but if you want to get nominated, you have to actually show up if you hope to be part of the decision-making process. And so he, he came to every Democratic committee meeting for about 14 months, and uh, people got to know him. He let his voice be heard, gave his opinions, smart guy, rational guy. He got the, uh, got the nomination, and uh, he was one of the winners in uh, a three-way race for two seats, and um, there were no Republican opponents that – that uh, that uh, registered for the general election. So uh, he, Adam, and Dan Park uh, are going to, uh, you know, automatically win in November. And so he'll uh, he'll be a councilman elect right after the election. 
yes, he's very motivated and very sharp, and uh, I wish him a lot of uh, success in uh, uh, this new venture. Now that I know uh, uh, the backstory, too, I'm glad that he attained uh, the dream that he had uh, set out to attain. That's right, and my point of all that is if people want to come, if they want to get involved, the first step is please show up. Come to the committee meetings, come to the council meetings, and we'll get you engaged. Incredibly awesome. And also there are committees and there's all sorts of ways in the interim uh, to get involved in what's going on at uh, Borough Hall. Uh, so uh, oh, oh, I mean, people get involved. Right. There are about 15 to 18 committees. You have planning board, zoning board, rec, uh, you know, the rec, uh, the recreation committee, the environmental committee, the historic preservation committee, youth services, you know, like a, health department, uh, senior services. So uh, resident volunteers, uh, there is a, a myriad of ways to get involved. And there's always an opening because there's so many committees. Uh, we've got some very dedicated people, but uh, sometimes people move on and um, or their term is up and they decide not to uh, be on the committee again. So there's always vacancies happening for people who want to get involved. And yes, and there's always things uh, to do in uh, uh, town, like, uh, for instance, I'm the chairman of the Access for All Committee, and uh, we look over ADA compliance. So uh, right. we've just uh, reshuffled how we do things because the, the way that we had initially wasn't yielding the results we wanted. So we're in the process of redefining and restructuring ourselves so we can better um, get information and take uh, action. So it's a living thing. It's not a, um, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, how can you deal with the bureaucracy? It's like, it's not bureaucracy. You know, uh, everyone's known to everybody else by first name and you you can ask questions and uh, uh, the council aren't strangers either. So you, you can get somebody's ear and let them know what's going on. And the council liaison reports on the progress of all these uh, committees that they're liaising with. So that information uh, does get to the people who need to know it. That's correct. It absolutely does. And look at, I drop my kids off at high school and I pass by your house every day. So, you know, uh -huh. if you want to flag me down because you have an issue, I'm not even going to be able to avoid you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can call you. So <laughs> and you can also call me. It's even I easier. Just, right. <laughs> That's true. So, That's uh, look at local government. You know, you're on the firing line all the time. You're right in the line of fire. And let's clear up another misconception. Uh, uh, some people believe that uh, uh, the mayor and the council make uh, tremendous amounts of money being uh, the mayor and the council, and that's not true. No. So the uh, uh, if, if a person who's mayor gets paid uh, five thousand dollars a year. Uh, which fundamentally covers your expenses of holding that position. And uh, as a council person, um, I am paid uh, by the taxpayers and residents $3,000 a year, which uh, uh, covers uh, kind of covers your uh, driving around, your gas expenses and that sort of thing. So that's just, those are the numbers. No one's getting uh, wealthy off of being uh, elected to the borough council. And that tells you that the people who are running for office and who are engaged uh, in uh, uh, local politics uh, are there because they passionately care uh, about uh, the place that they're serving uh, through politics. That's correct. That's correct. If, uh, 
if if you're getting rich off of politics as a as an elected official, uh, something is uh, something's fishy. Now, one more thing I'm I'm concerned about beyond uh, Tenafly because I see the I, I see the echoes uh, in Tenafly like some uh, certain. Uh, uh, changes, for instance, uh, or information that's come from like the police department that reflects uh, some of the larger issues that are affecting uh, uh, our state and our nation. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, concern um, about how these affect us uh, locally, because you have the macrocosm and the microcosm. And uh, even though um, all politics is local. We are part of a, a state and a nation, and uh, I'm very much uh, concerned uh, about our liberties uh, because of some of the things that are uh, going on and being reported on the the news. So, um, how would something be? How could something be done locally? Like, I don't think Tenafly is in danger anytime soon of having our liberties taken away. Uh, but that seems to be a concern for uh, an increasing number of citizens or non-citizens, residents uh, uh, in our country. What can we do, like, locally uh, to protect ourselves from these type of things? So if, if, if there are state and federal issues that um... – that a resident wants to get involved with, um, I would say right away, I'm going to go back to come to the local democratic committee meetings because you'll, you know, we're having, we're having an event tomorrow night. Uh, the democratic committee is throwing an event at the, uh, uh, our, our chair's house, Shama's house. And at that meeting will be, uh, one of our state senators, uh, two and two state assembly people, where if you're coming to these uh, sort of meetings, you have access to the people who write the laws and protect our liberties. Um, and, and again, I highly recommend that people get involved. And if you have any listeners who would be interested in, you know, speaking with their state senator tomorrow night or their assembly members, you know, offline, um, I'll be happy to give them uh you know, the, the meeting location in Tenafly, and they can become engaged and make their voices known. One of the things we do at a local level is uh, we, we, um, we write resolutions that go to the state legislature or the governor to say, you know, we, we, we support a particular issue or we don't support a particular issue because it's not in the benefit of our residents or is in the benefit of the residents. So the council will sometimes get involved in greater issues on the state level to let our voices uh, be heard. And what happens also is occasionally, let's say there's an environmental issue uh, with plastic bags. I'm just picking something out and Uh damage they're doing to the environment and the recycling, uh, uh, the recycling channels. Uh, We have some other towns who have passed along uh, similar resolutions to us saying, Hey, please pass a resolution like this in your town and send it to the state legislature and the governor. And we do things like that to make our voices heard as a borough uh, that, uh, that, that wants to get involved in greater issues. Uh, Recycling is one of them. Um, You know, controlling the deer population is another one of them. There are all kinds of issues with, um, 
uh, with ICE and and what's happening in some of our county jails. And yes. so we do we do vote on resolutions to send to the legislature to make our voices heard. And um, we get responses. We will have uh, senators and assembly people contact us to respond to what we have to say. When I attended the uh, mayor and council meetings uh, fairly regularly, um, I remember the sanctuary uh, city um, issue, um, how we can translate that here in Tenafly. That was something that was the focus of attention. And briefly for around a year, I was on the environmental commission before I ran into scheduling conflicts. So I um, resigned from that. Uh, and uh, I remember John Worms was very focused on uh, uh, the environmental impact of party balloons. And this Correct. is something we've been about in the past, too. So uh, those are great illustrations of how things beyond Tenafly into the state, uh, uh, country, and the entire world uh, are dealt with on a local level. And that somebody who cares about those things can get involved locally initially uh, and uh, the event is a perfect way to get to meet your representatives. And just like our local representatives are accessible, uh, I've always found our uh, not local representatives to be very accessible as well. And if they're not personally available to take your call, uh, somebody on their staff uh, will do so and they will get back to you. Right. So here's the thing. If you were trying to reach uh... – Senator Weinberg, uh, uh, for an instance, you know, it might take a while for you Mm -hmm. to get her on the phone. If you're calling her office and her staff members, she's traveling and the timing and all that sort of thing. And the staff person's going to try to help you uh, without having to get to the senator. Uh, Yet, if you come to the event tomorrow night, you can sit there and have coffee and cake with her and have a conversation about whatever is on your mind and, uh, She's completely engaging and very much enjoys talking to um, residents and wants to hear what they have to say. Uh, so accessibility, if we're going back to the issue of uh, showing up, uh, showing up gives you, uh, gives you access, and um, getting that access is just as simple as saying, hey, can I come over too? And it's, yes, we, I, I don't even know of cases when we say no to people. If you want to join, join. And the freeholders also, uh, they seem to travel around from town to town. And uh, we recently had them here in uh, Tenafly. I was able to attend that, and they were very accessible and uh, open to uh, hearing what was on people's minds and all sorts of issues from the local to the uh, galactic got uh, brought up uh, during that uh, meeting. Oh, absolutely. You know, the freeholders have, you know, a large amount of responsibility, everything to do with uh, – running county operations and uh to their credit the freeholders are everywhere all the time you know they're all elected at large for the county so no matter what town you live in uh you know you know you can you can live in lindhurst and still have a conversation with tracy zor the freeholder who lives up in franklin lakes because her area of responsibility is the entire county and uh, she wants to hear what, uh, what you have to say. They're very accessible, and they are at county events. They're at public events all the time. And with the Board of Elections, uh, people can work for the Board of Elections if they so choose and get like, uh, really directly uh, involved with the process. Um, That's correct. I, I've been doing that, and I enjoy doing it. It's a long day, uh, but I get to, to see people I haven't seen 
<laughs> since the last election uh, and uh, um, get to see how many people come and how they feel about certain issues. And uh, um, it, it's great. I get to uh, see a lot of people and thank them for uh, participating in our process and having faith in it. Um, and uh, uh, now my challenge is to get enough I voted stickers because because people really like right. those, the younger ones. So people, uh, you, go ahead. People do love those stickers. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, thank you for serving as a poll worker. And it's interesting. We have six council people and one mayor in Tenafly. Uh, and those seven people, there's probably 250 people involved behind the scenes that are the part of the process to get those individuals into office. And I'm not even talking about uh, campaign volunteers. I'm talking about poll workers like yourself, committee people, people at the board of elections, uh, other elected officials. Uh, You know, no one gets elected to these offices by themselves. There's a whole mini, uh, you know, army behind uh, that makes this entire process uh, work. And so, you know, thank you again for serving as poll worker. Well, you're very welcome. I'm greatly honored uh, to do so. It's, uh, um, I also keep in touch with the Board of Elections. My contact person recently left. So uh, fortunately, I've called enough times where they know who I am. Uh, so I'll, I'll soon have another contact Great. person. I'm always asking <laughs> what news. I can do to raise awareness and uh, uh, you know, j- just try to get uh, people to realize how important it is to uh, exercise uh, their vote. People should go out and vote. Absolutely. No question about it. So we have gone over how easy it is for somebody to get involved if they choose to. And that they're keeping local government uh, at a distance and mysterious uh, is something that they have on one level chosen to do because they can easily remedy that by uh, attending a meeting or watching on TV or, um, you know, any one of a number um, of ways. Um, Now, there are several initiatives that also um, are tied to Borough Hall, like, for instance, the stigma-free which uh, stigma free is uh, for those who don't know, it's an initiative that uh, tries to maintain uh, stigma free environments, uh, especially um, where people who have uh, psychiatric disabilities uh, or problems are concerned. Usually there's a lot of stigma. I'll share a story. Uh, I used to work in a major uh, health and hospitals corporation hospital, uh, and I was in charge of uh, Um, a bunch of things like in vocational rehabilitation. I also started a student intern volunteer program and at its heyday, it had like 80 student interns from all over the place. But um, I used to delay getting them their IDs uh, so that uh, until they got their ID, they'd have to get a a blue pass from the security and uh, to enter the floors. And the only other people who got uh, those blue passes were people who had appointments with therapists. So behaving like themselves, all they had was a blue square of paper, <laughs> and they were treated really? quite differently. Yes, uh, and they could be behaving normally, you know, uh, and they were treated very, very differently because they were holding a small blue square uh, to go to certain floors in the elevator. 
so uh, when we had the supervision, they'd uh, you know complain about that, and I would tell them that I did that deliberately because there's no other way to show them how powerful stigma is, even in a uh, institution that uh, is there to assist people with psychiatric disabilities. They were treated totally differently only because they were holding a little blue square paper. So um, it, it is stigma. It's a reality. Uh, we've done a bunch of shows on that, and I'm hoping to do some more. Uh, so that's a very important uh, um, new uh, program, and there's a committee. Um, is there anything else you want to add to the stigma-free that I might have uh, left out? No, but you know, I think what you're saying is 100% correct. Um, you know, as humans, we, we still have a tendency to uh, – to generalize and put people into silos and boxes. Um, you know, we all have our, we all have our biases. So I think, you know, the, you know, what you're doing is, uh, is important work. It's very important, especially in schools um, with the kids to avoid these sort of, uh, whether it's a stigma free uh, harassment, bullying, those sort of issues. It's good that we're able to have these conversations, frankly, and at least we have the awareness that these are issues to be dealt with. So it's uh, that's great that you're involved in this, and, and more power to you. Yeah, I, I the uh, stigma-free, again, I had a scheduling conflict, so I can't get directly involved. But um, I left my name, you know, in case – is there any way I could support in any way? I'll be more than happy to, um, right. you know, okay. whatever support uh, – I can, uh, but I want to use as an illustration of yet another way that somebody can get uh, involved. You know, there are, in addition to all the other ways, uh, there are um, initiatives, like for instance, the fitness initiative, the wellness campaign. Right. Yeah. So that too, that's not an official committee or anything, but it's something that's there. Uh, so if you care about fitness, you can get involved uh, in that way. And uh, um, you, what you care about. Uh, can become something that you address in the community in which you live. Right. And in the fitness campaign, it's, you know, it's all about raising awareness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, many of the things we get involved with, whether it's resolutions to the state, stigma free fitness, it's all about raising the awareness and helping people uh, to think about how they lead their lives. Not that no one's interested in telling them how to lead their lives, just raising awareness about the things that are around them. And it's the old, uh, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. I haven't heard that expression in a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, but that's what it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. That's very, very true. And as always, time goes quickly when we speak and our, our time together um, is uh, almost over. Um, if you have uh, time before Election Day, I'd like to have you back on again. Uh, but I I'd realize love to. That would be, be an honor. Thank you. Oh, okay, great. So we will uh, arrange that through email or phone call. Um, how can folks uh, get involved with your campaign? Where can they go to learn more about you? Um, sure. And uh, do you have any words of wisdom to offer as we close? Uh, my word of wisdom is please go out and vote. It is so important. Don't take it for granted. Go out and vote. That's the best way to protect all of our liberties and rights is by voicing your opinion and having it heard. If uh, you have time on your hands, you'd like to visit my website. It's zinna2019.com, Z-I-N-N-A. 2019.com and uh, my email address is on there 
and uh, you can reach out to me and I will communicate back with you and um, I'll be happy to answer any questions that uh, anyone has. Uh, incredibly awesome. Um, I put links to uh, both your Facebook page and your uh, website. Is there any place else you'd like me to link to? Um, those two places are great. As always, my Mark underscore Zinna at yahoo.com email address. And uh, I'm happy to uh, speak with people. I will post that as well. Uh, thank you, Mark. I wish you great success. You're an awesome individual. And uh, um, what do you call it? Good luck. Thank you, Hercules. Have a great evening, and thanks for having me on again. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, we are going to listen to Bone Pots Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back with the Sussex Report and Astrid. <laughs> Life. 
conversation we began on Monday. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. Well, I'm connected today now. Yay! <laughs> this is the dilemma. You know, there are pluses and minuses to living in a rural area. Uh, it's yeah. great to have all the trees, but there are many wooded lots and, and the trees aren't maintained. I know there was an issue with that, with all the storms, and JCP&L said they were going to start scouting out. But uh, I think that in a week and a half, having one day with two major outages in the same day, uh, on Monday, which is why we, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, link up with the blog and do it that time, but I was unable to have any power that night or in the daytime for several hours. And today, again, about three, four hours, and then again in the afternoon, I did drive out and noticed there was a one particular road where there were many trees, and I guess there were about four or five trucks working there. And I didn't see any trees. I don't know if it was the line or if they removed branches, but um, I think it's time to get in touch with our representative, Josh Gottheim, up here, because he put plenty of pressure on JCPNL during our last horrific uh, storm episode with the rain and snow and we had outages for I don't know how long, and, and he held them accountable, and um, things moved along a little faster. Well, we're not even into the bad weather season yet, and to have this happen no. twice is not a good thing. And for our interested listeners, if you're in this area, you can call JCPNL at 888-544-4977 and report your outage and at least find out how long they determine it to last so you're not in total uh, chaos. You can also go online to their site, and they will actually tell you like each area where the substations are and how many outages in, this, in certain districts because it seems to have affected mostly Hampton Township today in Sussex County. So that's a good thing, too, because at least you're, you, know, you have an idea of what's happening. But it would be better if this didn't happen at the extent that it's happening so early in the season. Yes, uh, that is great uh, advice, and it, <laughs> it uh, is a continuation of what uh, Mark Zinna and I were talking about uh, for the past uh, 40 minutes. 
Uh, Mark is a uh, councilman here in uh, Tenafly, and he's running for mayor. And uh, his uh, platform is uh, very much focused on, uh, you know, basically infrastructure and roads and, you know, things like that for the community. Uh, and uh, we talked about, and we're, we're very fortunate here in Tenafly that uh, the mayor and council are very accessible. Uh, you and can they're proactive. Up. They're proactive because proactive. after these things happen, I mean, we, there, there is no need to sit back on your uh, laurels, as, as some communities do up here in Sussex County, and uh, not find some solutions, whether it be to uh, have an easier way to announce roadblocks or power outages or uh, stations where you can go to, um, you know, hook up to the Internet and, and just do something for your community when to avoid these issues. It's always easier to avoid than to deal with the catastrophic effects afterwards. Yes, and water uh, is becoming uh, an issue with uh, the oh. algae. Lake Hapakong and other yes. lakes. Uh, what was originally in Florida off the coast is now penetrating uh, up the coast uh, and going more inland. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, I mean, th- these are things that we have to uh, not look at the political aspects and, and start thinking in terms of, as I said to you, uh, one particular paper had it, an editorial where the business people and some of the politicians got together with Paul Mulshine. I think it was of the Star-Ledger. And they're going on and on. Oh, it wasn't that bad. I don't see why this had to happen. If one person is ill, and uh, Bill Waitman can, can attest to this because sure. he had issues down in Florida with it, that is enough. How many do- dogs had died that drank it? And, and then to insist that there is no health crisis with it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's called, let's look, get the research done. Let's look at the science. Never mind looking at the, the uh, pocket and how deep the pockets go and the money. Yes, economics are important, but if you don't want these situations, then look at the science and find some resolutions. And, and that's the thing that blows my mind, that, that, that to just keep getting away from that, whether it be on a local level like a pack on or on the national level. Because we've seen that it happens uh, even, you know, on the national level, the task force has been, uh, scientists have been constantly pushed to uh, keep their mouths closed. They have had the threat of of being dismissed from these different programs. Actually, some of the committees have been dismissed. And the, the truth is just basically not addressed. And it's interesting because it's not the first time. I was reading a, a really interesting article that went way back, and it talked about Bush and uh, how, how uh, under President Bush, the White House altered the scientific testimony of uh, a NASA scientist to make his yeah, conclusions about climate change appear less certain. And the EPA under President Obama made last-minute changes to, of a report to downplay the risks of an oil and gas extraction technique that we know as fracking. So um, it's been ongoing when it comes to uh, political influence, people that lobby, these powerful lobbyists that have reports altered or the the news um, basically hushed up or kept quiet. But needless to say, we can see that, it has become totally out of control. 
with this administration. Totally out of control. Even um, a former governor of New Jersey, Whitman, said that the public is losing faith in the, faith in the process because everything that's being done, you know, they're, they're altering it, even in terms of wondering about your drugs and your food safety as well as the environment. So, uh, and she, of course, had a post. Um, she led the EPA for George Bush, so she is in the know-how. Well, you you gave me a lot to think about the other day when you read from the Dirty uh, Dozen, uh, the uh, dozen foods that uh, right. have the most inside, and some of the healthy choices I've made, uh, it turns out, are on the Dirty Dozen list. And cherries. I love cherries. <laughs> Your favorite. That would blows my mind. Strawberries, which are one of the <laughs> most favorites, actually had the most amount of pesticide residue. This is after washing. And, uh, you know, again, I'd like to remind our listeners that um, you can access this information of what is horrific in terms of produce with the um, uh, our, pro- our produce with pesticides on the site that's EWG. It's the Environmental Working Group. It's a nonprofit group. And they also tell you what is least contaminated. And, and their advice is things that are very severely contaminated with a lot of pesticides, especially um, very carcinogenic ones, buy organic. Buy organic because you're really, you're pushing your luck buying these foods, yeah. particularly, as you say, strawberries, spinach, kale, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, potatoes, and even hot peppers had very high amounts of residue, at least two, that's not saying one, at least two, that was the minimum, and it went up to 15 different kinds of pesticides, and these are the healthy foods that we want to eat, so it's best to go to that group, they even have a a PDF file um, on, on, that you can download that has everything and talks about the specific kind of chemicals. So um, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's a good thing that we have this kind of access to, to know this. And uh, before we even get into some of the, uh, the other information, let's start on a positive note with, um, with Sussex County and some of the things going on. Tomorrow, that is 1010. At um, 530 to 830, the conservatory at the Sussex County Fairgrounds is, is hosting a ladies' night out. And this is being hosted by the um, Herald News. They're sponsoring this. And it's supposed to be a really elegant adventure featuring buffet, dinner, drinks, music, dancing, different kind of presenters and special vendor attractions. There is a $25 entry fee for this, and you can get more info and get your tickets online, www.newjerseyherald.com slash L-N-O, and those are in caps. Or you can call 973-383-1572, and you can get tickets online until tomorrow. But you can also make a last-minute decision, and you can buy at the door. It will just cost you $30 instead of 25 And there are a lot of things going on now. It's nice to see that there are events that are streamlined for women, that they're celebrating women, and they're doing things to, uh, to lift them up and not denigrate them more than they have been lately. 
Yeah, that that's very surprising and, and disheartening. Uh, we seem to, as a society, not all the individuals in it, but generally right. we seem to be going back to a time when uh, uh, hate and uh, um, trying to suppress people uh, was more acceptable. And uh, I naively thought we had grown out of such things. But no, it's a blast from the past, the 1950s revisited. That's yeah. what it is. That's it's a shame. But Sussex County does have several of these ladies' nights out. This one is, like I said, is tomorrow. And the Sussex uh, Community College, they have a great one in um, April. That's an all-day uh, event. It's wonderful with all different kinds of workshops. And I was uh, very proud to have taken part in one of the workshops in terms of use, the use of essential oils and um, using crystals and stones, a ho- more holistic approach and uh-huh. pro- proactive. It was great. And we also have some great events going on. We always talk about our Sussex County Library and libraries in general because they're not just a place to borrow books. They have so many things. You can borrow prints, magazines. You can even uh, access loan um, online or iPad minis, portable CD players, um, museum passes for seven days. I couldn't get over this. Uh, all different kind of things. So that, that was really good. I, I was totally unaware, besides the books, I knew about uh, Internet access because you can even go there to use the, com- the computers on a first-come, first-serve. And if your um, printer's down at home, which it often is here, you can actually go there and you can have printing done from the um, Internet for 15 cents a page. And, and that's great to know, too, that you can go there to access that. Um, some of the programs they have coming up, and I know we, we talked about uh, the beginning of the month, the end of September to about the first week, and I'm looking at the, the next two weeks, and on the 12th, the main library from 10 to 2 is having a spinning and weaving demonstration, and you can basically go there all day from what I'm reading. It'll be going on. It says drop in for an all-day celebration with local weaving groups. So uh, one of the, the hands-on textile arts is being emphasized, and that is at the main library. Also at the main library on the 17th is a whole food plant-based diet presentation, and it's for beginners. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful. And on the 18th and the 19th at the Sussex Wanage um, library branch. They are having the Friends of the Library book sale. So you can go there. Uh, the 18th, it's from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And on the 19th, it's 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then on the 19th of October, they have a, a books art workshop with Alice Breeze. And that's at the main workshop. And then we have Get Organized. I love that. October 26th at 10 a.m., the Dorothy Henry branch, and the 26th at 2 p.m. at the Louise Childs branch. And you can go right online and find out, you know, access the information directly from them, which is www.sussexcountylibrary.org. They have one, two, three, four, five, six branches spread out over Sussex County. 
So that's fantastic that we have that many of them there. You've shared the the, uh, library before. uh, Right. uh, I know you posted it online. So uh, that was really uh, a a nice thing to read, that they have these different accessible events, you know, there. So it's definitely a lot more than um, just books. And we can't say just because we don't want books to disappear or the free library access. Definitely now, not. A lot of people, um, and, and again, many things amaze me. Uh, I live in an amazing world. Uh, but uh, one of the things that amazes me is that uh, even though the libraries are local and uh, people know where they are and know that they're there, uh, and mm-hmm. even though they get circulars in the mail and have uh, articles in their local paper, um, a lot of people are not aware at the uh, richness of the offerings that are available through the library. And they're not only geared toward uh, reading. Uh, there's no. movies, there's guest authors, there's yes. uh, all sorts of people giving health information. Uh, and uh, sometimes the libraries will be open past their hours, you know, to do the Most uh, definitely. Most definitely. And Right, right. And, and and I love the fact that they have things that are hands-on, whether it be like an anime club or um, tomorrow they're having a decoupage uh, art night at the Franklin one, and that's at 6 p.m. Um, they have all different things. One was in September, the financial strategies for women, uh, one about uh, basic genealogy in September, and, and upcoming they have a whole big thing about writing a novel in a month. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, a whole big thing now. This is important for our seniors, uh, uh, Medicare 101 in November, because open enrollment time and you had the supplemental. There were so many aspects to Medicare. It is so confusing. I was a rep, a union rep for many years, and I would have to sit down and help people with their uh, coverage when it, when it changed under Christie. It was so complicated. That was nothing, Hercules, compared to the Medicare. It's so crazed of what, how now they had the supplemental one. You could have an all-encompassing uh, Medicare. There are so many different plans. It's not just one simple plan, and then you get a backup. Now there are just the whole meshed programs, merged programs. Why do you think? Because uh, that's it. It should be simplified. Uh, like uh, I know for like uh, uh, elections too, things got more complex when they decided that if you've ever asked for an absentee ballot in mm-hmm. certain years and in other years, now you have to do an absentee ballot. And I work the polls, so right. I know that a lot of people get them in the mail. But it's like I didn't ask for this, so they go to vote, and then uh, it says <laughs> that they have an absentee ballot. So. Uh, they have to do a provisional ballot. <laughs> and it's it's amazing. Sometimes with the more choices, if there isn't good organization from the top and somebody crossing the T's and dotting the I's and double and triple checking, things go by the wayside. They're not double checked. You know, they're just things happen. Um Another thing that's going on is the NAMI Sussex Annex, which is like a public health offering. Uh, The Uh Sussex County affiliate is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And they uh, merge, they combine with the family partners of Morris and and Sussex to offer a course for parents and caregivers, for parents and teens that have 
either emotional, behavioral, or mental health challenges. And this is free. It's on Saturday mornings from uh, 10 to 12.30 at Family Partners, 67 Spring Street. It runs from October 5th through November 9th, and I'm sure you can call and get in touch with them. They have a number here, too. It's 973-214-0632, and it says you can email them as well, which is sussex at gmail.com. The class size is limited to 15. But there's no reason why you can't call, and I'm sure they would welcome people to come even now, even if you missed one meeting. Wow. Yeah, guys, so that's a great thing. Do you guys have stigma-free in uh, Sussex County? Um, I missed that. What did you say, Hercules? Um, stigma-free. Uh, here I don't is- know. We could check, you know. There's no reason why we can't go online and check. There's so many programs up here. It's amazing. I do know that Newton High School actually opened up something now. They combined with Door Labs. This is great. What they did is they have something called a green room for high school kids to okay. um, talk to counselors it's this place where students can receive one-on-one counseling, have group counseling, or just go to get a break. Sometimes a kid is having a meltdown or is so frustrated, rather than overstep the boundaries and get themselves in trouble, it would be great for them to have a place to just go to and just take it down. Take it down. Some people you cannot move in. You have to move away from them. And it's best when that, that child knows it that they have a place they can actually go to where they're safe and where they can get quick counseling or just go there and decompress. That is important. Yeah, so it was nice to see that um, that they, they made it happen there. And it was involves the guidance counselors, the child study team, uh, the, team, uh, the um, administrators, and uh, that was the CEO of Thor Labs that was involved with that over the summer last year that started it. So there's a lot of great things going on in Sussex County. Yeah. And there are politicians uh, who are basically uh, um, making folks responsible for even better things to happen in uh, your Which is a great thing, yeah. And Sussex County Community College is holding an open house. Uh, Saturday, October 19th, if anybody's interested and wants to learn more about it, they can go over there and see, you know, discuss. They have advisors there. You can discuss majors, career path, academic options. They have professors from each division. And um, they can also find out, uh, get information on financial aid, athletics, student activities, clubs. They have campus tours. Sometimes it's nice to go and just see what options are there, and it, I'm a proponent of the, of, the, of the community, county community colleges, because many times children, and I'm sorry, you're leaving school, what do you know? You have no idea in terms of what's out there, and so many change majors <laughs> quite a few times during the uh, history of their life as a college student, there is nothing wrong. There should be no stigma attached to a community college because it right. is amazing in terms of what they can offer you with a great economical, uh, economical price tag. 
you're getting your core courses, but you're also finding out about other options. You know, you're not doing that 30 to 40 to 50K and, and then finding out it's not for you. You wouldn't have to come home. Right. Uh, when not I a bad to, place to start. When I used to run internship uh, volunteer programs uh, in New York, mm-hmm. um, uh, it, the biggest one was like 80-something students from 14 different uh, institutions. Uh, right. But I used to run that in a psychiatric uh, hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people would discover after their internship that mm-hmm. they didn't want to do that, actually. You know, it was one oh, thing. Oh, sure. Like, uh, and as long as they're studying books, nice to tell them that's a great thing. And so what do you mean it's a great thing? It's all these credits. It's like, but imagine if you'd finished and gotten your degree and discovered you didn't like it. You know, that would be. Well, uh, I, I couldn't yeah. think of quite a few people that I know that did that, that did that very same thing. Okay. Some that might've been on a state school or, a, but when you start going to these very expensive schools and then you find out there is no job or that 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 particular profession didn't quite make it for your personality or it's not what you thought it would be expectations that's why i really think that that high schools guidance counselors have to play pay play a more active part i know when grammar schools are starting to do this the elementary schools actually have career fairs and speakers to come and talk about it but it would be great if high schools started bringing Students that express an interest in some of these things on tours or go. Mm-hmm. I know there are some programs where they can get um, college credits if they go and they do a little bit of a mentorship program. That's the great way to do things because it exposes students to things that they thought they liked and they maybe they don't like, or even the option of maybe this is something I never thought about, but I can do it. Oh yes, most most definitely so. And uh, mm. back in the day when Bill and I were adventuring elsewhere, <laughs> it was uh, PBS uh, here in Jersey. Yes, NJ, yes you're right. And they had a program then, and it was way ahead of its time. And I'm I'm saddened that it hasn't really uh, continued. Where at the mm. center went for uh, assistance to get jobs, uh, yeah. there was. A show we were doing called Jobcast, and I was uh, one of the people on the show. And you could call in um, and ask uh, questions, and this was recorded, and then it was put on a website uh, so that people can access it. Oh, how and, wonderful! And after like uh, you know a couple of years, unfortunately, they took down the the website, but it was a font of information, and you have people from all sorts of professions talking about what they do. So you could access, like, the professional organizations. You can access uh, uh, government uh, labor statistic information. Uh, but then you can also listen to people talk about, you know, what they were actually doing. And it was such a great thing and the ability to interact. Sure, um, sure. And we need more of that. Definitely. Well, I'm going to get back into the four elements now that we had that little uh, okay. ah moment. <laughs> Good thing. And it's related to Sussex County because – if you remember, and I'm sure our listeners do, uh, this long haul of dealing with the dump in Vernon and how this one man was using his property, getting paid for these dump trucks to come along and basically dumping everything and anything. Um, finally, and this has been going on for years there, finally, 
you know, the, the groups and the mayor and people got involved, but Josh Gronheimer got involved with this. He was very vocal and called attention to the situation, and he started pushing the state EPA to get involved and said, well, then test it, test the dirt if you say there's nothing wrong. Well, finally, this Joseph Wallace, who was a Vernon resident, was given citations because they found out uh, that the, you know, some of the soil was tainted, and yes, it could affect people's wells if he continued. They, they sized him up for 82 zoning violation summons, and um, ranging from placing soils without permit on his property to operating a business in a residential zone, uh, six motor vehicle summonses, wow. and, uh, and then two summonses by the Sussex County Soil Conservation District. So there we go. The county does have a soil conservation district. He was found guilty. He was brought to trial, 52 of those summonses. And the rest of them were merged. And um, he now has jail time. But the big thing is that it finally, the jail sentence, of course, is being shortened to 30 days if he suspends all his dumping activities. And he can't appeal, but he has to give up his passport because he's deemed to be a flight risk. Now, remember, this is not the first state that this man has attempted to do this illegal dumping. Hmm. So, therefore, now... They're, they're talking, you know, the, the mayor, of course, is very happy, Harry Shortway. He, he praised the ruling and said that, uh, you know, the, this it had to stop, and thank God it did, because we know many years there were other places that the EPA cited these places, and nothing much happened, and they're still hemming and hawing over contaminated soil. But it was the determination of, of Vernon. The people refused to accept this, and... Um, now it's a matter, Gottheimer said something about now it's time to clean up the waste mountain and take care of our children and families. He has been doing this since 2011 in that wow. area. 2011. So, And they've been fighting. This community has been fighting. Uh, another thing that's really interesting is that you can get involved when you find these things. We see it happen in Vernon. Up here... There is a group called the Skylands Group of Sierra Club. Now, Sierra Club is amazing. They really are. Yeah. They're so, so into, into preservation of the land, being aware of what's going on. It is the largest and most influential grassroots group. Well, they have one here. It's called the Skylands Group, and you can contact them and find out what goes on because they're very, very verbal and vocal. They have on their site, which is Skylands Group, the Sierra Club.org. You can go just put in Skylands Group, Google it, and go to it, and it will give you their map and events and where it is and what the topic is. You can also take action. They have specific things you can just go there and hit and take action. Uh, you can receive email updates from their chapter, and you can sign up for New Jersey Chapter Action. So it's it's a great thing. I mean, you're concerned about what's happening in terms of the land. This is a great thing. Not only in Sussex County, every county you can find out your local chapter, your county chapter, or and um, get in touch with them. If you could send me that in an email, I'll post that. I posted the, uh, exactly. the report. Now, unfortunately. Yes. 
uh, our time together is coming to an end for today. Wow. <laughs> I want to announce that uh, there will be a four elements show uh, that Wonderful. will be uh, um, hosted or co-hosted by Astrid, depending on Astrid's availability. Right. Um, and, uh, we will be uh, talking about that. One of the things we're going to talk about Saturday during our meeting. So I'm looking forward mm, to that. That's great because we have still have more. I'll give you sundry things in relation to the other elements in terms of the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act are really under pressure, and there are some great groups, NRDC, that talks about ways you can you know, it gives you information about proposals from the EPA about this unbelievable, disastrous campaign. And it has to do with not just water on the Clean Water Act because they want to take away the rights by state because you can do it individually. Well, now they don't want to. But something called um, of this toxic coal ash pollution, what they intend to do with it. And I will send that information to you. We will get, we will further discuss this. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Astrid. You're awesome. I've missed speaking with you, and I'm looking forward to Saturday. Most definitely. Take care and have a great evening. You too. Uh, we're now going to listen to Bone Poach Orchestra's Cry Freedom, and then we're we'll back with Bill Waitman and The Eye on Northern New Jersey.
Welcome back to the Elysium Project. I am Hercules Invictus, and I'm greatly honored to announce I on Northern New Jersey, hosted by Bill Waitman. Uh, Bill is a legend in the field of workforce uh, development, and I'm greatly honored to have him on the show. Uh, greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you? Oh, it's a pleasure, Hercules. Uh, it's, a nice, it's a nice kind of fall-like night <laughs> as far as temperatures falling. Uh, yes, that it is. Um, your guest is also here, so I will give you the scepter of Zeus and hand the program over to you, and I'm looking forward to um, listening. Okay. Ar- Arlene, uh, my guest is Arlene Sullivan. She's from Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, she's doing what I call the ultimate in citizenship. She's running for office. Arlene, can you tell me a little bit about yourself tonight? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, so I'm Arlene Sullivan. I was born and raised in Wayne, um, and I attended all the Wayne public schools. Uh, I'm the mother of three wonderful adult children. Uh, one is happily married and actually expecting a baby at any time. So I'm a little <laughs> bit stressed. Um, my family's roots, you know, my parents' roots, they run deep in, in Wayne. Um, there was a time that um, you couldn't go down a street in Wayne, in the old section of Wayne, um, they call it Old Wayne, uh, where you wouldn't run into a grandparent, an aunt, a cousin. You know, I mean, we were practically the town. And um, my grandfather years ago said that, you know, one day, you know, Old Wayne is not going to be the center, the epicenter, because we used to be the epicenter of Wayne. He said it's going to move over to Preakness, and, you know, we're going to be forgotten. And, And that's why I'm actually running um, because we are. Ward 1 is, is kind of the forgotten uh, child, I guess, of, of all of Wayne. And we have a lot to offer. We have some wonderful people, but um, we're not getting all of the services that I think that we should be getting. So that's, that's well, why I'm running. Uh, I'm presently a teacher. 
I guess I should mention that. Um, I teach graphic arts and visual arts. And uh, after spending a couple of months with my son, uh, I don't want to say that, a family member, <laughs> in, um, in intensive care, we were there for like two months, uh, I, I co-founded an art foundation where we go into hospitals and nursing homes and shelters and we paint with people to make it a brighter, brighter place. So um, I've also been pretty active, I guess, uh, with my uh, children's school in the past. I attended every PTO meeting. Eventually I became a PTO president, and uh, I was also on the Board of Ed. So kind of gave me a feeling of, you know, I, I know being on the town council is a lot more involved, but you kind of dip your toe in the water, I guess, being on the Board of Ed. So. That's my story. It's, a good, <laughs> it's more than a good start, and it's a good story. I want to ask you one question because I was just uh, doing a little researching. At one time, uh, Wayne and Manchester, is that – I'm trying to figure out how that's possible. They were talking about a merger of uh, – Wayne actually merged with Manchester in some areas. Is that possible? I honestly have to say I never heard that, so I can't really comment. That neither um, did I. I. I had just briefly read that. Um, yeah. Right now, your population's around fifty-four thousand seven hundred and seventeen, or pretty close to fifty-five thousand people. 55, which is an amazing yeah. total. And uh, I know that yeah. you're about. You, you are. You're. You're almost as. You're almost bigger than my county in population, as it's starting to lose <laughs> lose population. Uh, you're 20 miles from uh, mid, Midtown Manhattan, and I assume yeah. I know that you're a teacher and you drove a, a different direction to your job, but uh, I imagine a lot of people get on Route 23 and uh, either drive or take the buses into the city or some other oh, yeah. places down below. Um, yeah. I, 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 it's a, the thing that strikes me, and it's not my ego, I, uh, the New York Times <laughs> made a mistake back and they. Uh, uh, many years ago, and they came back to me to do a, a talk on what it was like running in 1993 when they actually asked me in 1995. I ran for the assembly, and I was talking about uh, the topography and the landscape of Sussex County. Your area has a different topography than uh, than much of Wayne. Uh, mm -hmm. I know I heard you make comments the other night about that you're, you you want to bring a jobs and industry back to your section. You're right. I guess that it moved, you know, downtowns or central places seem to move accordingly as time develops. I live out of state at times and uh, I'm called Old Northport where I live. And uh, <laughs> yeah. how do they reflect to uh, the section that you live in? And they do that same thing called it Old, uh, old Wayne? Well, yeah, you know, um, we're treated kind of, well, we're lower income is what they're saying. And so, you know, we're treated as such. There's a lot of building going on, and the building, it's really indiscriminate building here, there, and everywhere. And, uh, you know, in our section of town, you know, people end up with a factory in their backyard. And uh, the other sections are more, you know, more elite. Like you'd never have a factory in Pakenak Lake or Lion's Head Lake. I mean, they wouldn't even consider it. But in our area, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, stick it here. And people can argue, and, you know, before you know it, it happens. And I really think it, it kind of comes back that you need to have a plan. You can't construct, 
you know, a model when you're a little kid, you know, you try and rip everything out of the box and you build it without mm-hmm. looking at the directions and you get nowhere. And I think that's what our town council right now is doing. We, we do have a master plan, um, but it hasn't been reviewed since 2010. And that, at that time, you know, the council reviewed it, they signed off on it, but they don't follow it and they certainly don't follow it equally. Um, like you were saying with the, the traffic and stuff on 23, back in 2010, it was cited, the, the, the Route 23 uh, and, and Route 46 corridors were cited as heavily congested. Well, you can imagine nine years later, they're even worse. They've done nothing. And I think it's because they forget to look at the plan and say, well, you know, what do we have open? Where can we put, you know, businesses and, and what businesses are right for us? Uh, we have a, an eco- economic um, development committee, and it's supposed to meet once a month in the mayor's conference room. Uh, there's no agenda. There's no minutes. So you don't know if they're meeting or if they're meeting, air quotes. Um, you know, who can keep track of what goes on in the mayor's office? And I think, you know, that just adds to the to the frustration of people in Ward 1 that are saying, you know, like, what's what's the deal? How come things are, you know, being thrown in our direction and not, like, spread, you know, more equally over the town? There's some empty storefronts, and I think that uh, such a, a committee, if, it, if it's active, um, should go out and search for, you know, the right business for the, for the storefronts. You know, the right – we have a lot of buildings that have been built, and they're abandoned, and they've been abandoned for years. So how come we can't talk with the landlords and say, hey, you know, maybe we want to have some, you know, specific, you know, building or, or uh, business come into here, as opposed to, you know, coming in and, like, destroying the undeveloped land we have to build something brand new. And that's a, that's a problem we have. The, the master plan also stresses that we don't have a lot of undeveloped land in Wayne, so we really want to keep it. And yet every time you turn around, it seems, you know, that – something's coming up like uh, about a month or so ago they were talking about you know knocking down like a hundred trees to build a ping pong facility um really because you know we need that of course so um you know it's upsetting and so i think that there needs to be that kind of brings to another problem uh more transparency with the town council because they do appoint people to the zoning board they do appoint people to these different committees but based on what who's serving, and what are the qualifications. So, you know, you could go on and on and on. One problem leads to the other. <laughs> Somebody's got to go on to well, say, wait a minute, let's think about this. You're right. I mean, I, I, I come from a rural county in Sussex, and uh, there's just a lot of wasted land and uh, farms, which, uh, uh, I, like you, I um, I was running on the idea of bringing some business in, and I uh, I looked across the border in New York State, and Senator Gillibrand was pushing yogurt manufacturing. It sounds silly, but uh, she was very successful. A New York yeah. State farmer actually uh, passed California in the production of yogurt. And, uh, you know, I got laughed at and everything about that, but uh, you're right. Uh, and we would just, there's a lot of sprawl, and that's probably happening in Wayne, too. And, and yeah. I, sometimes I get the feeling in some centers, uh, you know, first of all, urban renewal or, or suburban renewal is to me is people renewal, re- people removal, often. Right. And uh, exactly. That's, yeah. It, yeah. That's not what 
need in, in, in our areas. Um, well, have you any suggestions for stores or anything like that? And I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. You can finish your point. There. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, well, for example, um, take Clifton, you know, Clifton Nutley. Um, they lost Hoffman LaRoche. That was a big hit. And, yes. you know, they could have really suffered. But the council people pulled together, you know, and they went out and they got um, the health care facility. So that's going to move into there. And they went out and they talked about how great, you know, the town was and to different businesses, you know, and, and negotiated and brought, you know, people, you know, other businesses in that um, actually they're in better shape now than they were. Uh, a while back, you know, everybody was talking about, well, where's Amazon going to go? You know, uh, they, they wanted a warehouse. We never even put in a in a, an application. So, I mean, there's Toys R Us is empty. You know, there's just a lot of empty stores. The council right now, they're taking credit for, oh, well, look at all the businesses that came into Willowbrook. Well, yeah, but not because of them, because the landlords in Willowbrook went out and looked for it. So I think yes, that we should either have the council itself, I mean, should extol how great Wayne is. Let's face it, we all live here. It's a great town. But if they don't go out and tell other people and really search for that, or even if they create a, um, you know, a, a specific position for somebody who goes out and says, hey, you know, we're, we have this storefront. We think your business would be great for this. So you have to go out and do the work, you know, and I, I don't see that happening. It seems the council wants to just stay in, in like a little vacuum, and they're happy doing what they've been doing, like, for who knows how long. Then nobody Things questions. Change. Nobody You're questions out. in the – I'm Go sorry. <laughs> I'm a talker. Um, nobody questions, and actually when people – that's another problem we have. When people go to town council meetings, uh, there is no um, allowance for uh, discussion. The, the people come up, they ask their question, they have five minutes to state their case, and then, boom, you're done. And maybe at the end, you know, the council will answer their question, maybe they'll be ignored, and maybe they'll be insulted. And that's just outrageous because, again, they're public servants, and so there really should be a discourse. I know in Lincoln Park, uh, people can go before the council, and they can direct their question to the council president. And he can, you know, talk back and forth. There's a little bit of give and take. And if he feels that, you know, the question could be answered by one of the council people, he'll bring them in on it. So the people feel at least like, hey, you know, I'm being listened to. They might not go back with the answer they wanted, but at least they're heard. And that's not happen- happening either here. So it's, it's a host I'm, of I'm, things that aren't good. <laughs> I'm above, I'm actually, tonight I'm across the street from you on the other side of 23. And uh, oh, cool. you brought up a good point about uh, Lincoln Park. I mean, I'm amazed. I know that Wayne has a couple of farms, but uh, mm-hmm. I see that they've preserved a couple of farms in Lincoln Park. And to me, that's amazing. I mean, I live in a county where we're forcing, uh, I, I really wanted that dairy farm uh, thing to work with yogurt, but yeah. uh, I guess people were thinking the opposite. And, more and more far- farms or whatever are turning into retail outlets, which don't yeah. re- really pay high rateables and don't pay high wages. Um, how are the wages uh, for the people that stay here compared to the people that live here, uh, that leave here, you know, in the mornings? Um, you know, again, I'm, it, I can't really say I don't know, you know, specifically. 
Um, you know, we have a lot of people, you know, in our in our ward, you know, fixed income, lower income. Uh, I mean, we're right, you know, where I live, I'm right down the street, down the highway from the park and ride, the you know, transit, and that's always packed. So I can only imagine that people are a lot of people are going in and out of New York. There's a lot of commuting. But as far as, you know, salaries, like I know in Sparta they say it used to be all like 90% pilots or something. Um, but I'm not sure, like in this area, you know, exactly who has what job. Um, so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Shouldn't it be like in a, if you win this election, would you push for an economic development uh, council? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think we need it, and I think we need one that works, and I think that it has to be transparent. I don't think it should meet in the mayor's, you know, conference room. I think it, it, you know, it has to be kind of like um, publicized, like what are the meetings, what are they about, who's on it, why are they on it, what are their qualifications. It can't be like, you know, I happen to know you, hey, come on, you can be on it. You know, there has to be qualifications. So that we, you know, when they go out to these companies, to other businesses, and they're talking, they know what they're talking about because you know they have that background, and I think that's vital. We have a lot of empty buildings. There's a building across the street, actually, kind of catty corner from from where I live, um, that actually, I'm dating myself, but years ago it used to be called Laguna Beach. It was an actual beach. It was pure artesian well water. And then they decided, oh, we're going to fill it in with junk and pave over it and make a parking lot for a car dealer that's now been out of business for at least 20 years. So, you know, that's outrageous, you know. And, again, it goes back to the master plan. You know, we want quality of life for people. Well, how is that quality of life looking at this building every day decaying? And why can't we find somebody that might, you know, be a good fit? I think it's a couple different levels. I think you have people that are – fixing up their houses, and I think that's a great thing. You want to encourage people to, to fix mm-hmm. up their house. And then you have the, the level where, you know, you want to um, renovate existing buildings. And then on, on the bottom, you know, you want to have – you really don't want to have people come in and, you know, take away the undeveloped, you know, land. So that's where the plan comes in where you can see the big picture and see, well, you know, what's empty, what do we have, what would fit – you know, and kind of really look at it and say, you know, this is what we need to make our town prosper. I mean, I'm not saying you can cancel all building because, you know, that's that's never going to happen, but I think it's not right. Um, I was canvassing the other day um, in uh, Fair, on Fairfield Road, and I went on to Barnesdale, and it was around 7 o'clock at night, and you hear this loud humming you know like industrial humming I'm like you know what and uh, as we're talking the people are saying you see what's behind us they used to have all woods behind them and now there's a factory and not only is it a factory and the, the woods are gone but it's so noisy during the day and it's not much quieter at night what how can we say that that's a good thing for people you know it's it's just outrageous you know we're saying oh quality of life but you know you got to be kidding it's awful they can't sit out in their backyards. I mean, that's not. There's something wrong there. And our town should protect our residents. That's what I think. And that's where, again, with the zoning board, who's on it, how did they get on it, what are their qualifications? Are they you developers, know. do you think, or are they, are, they, uh, are they people with a vested interest being on that board, or, or, or should it be opened I, up more to the community? 
I think it should be open to the community, and there should be like a job description. You know, if if you go and, you know, interview for a job, they don't just take, you know, any Tom, Dick, and Harry. You don't know the job. That's okay. You'll figure it out. I mean, you have to have qualifications, and I think that's what we need as well. And I think, you know, sometimes when people are in a job too long, I hate to say, you know, the engineers and, you know, all, you got to review them and say, you know, are you really doing your job or are you getting a little bit lax, you know? When you see all the traffic and, and like, out here, um, you know, on 23, we have cars coming down from Packenack Lake, you know, 60 miles an hour, and then from the North Pumpton Turnpike, it feeds into that. And um, our street, we have we have quite a hard time pulling out because we don't even have a shoulder. We have to pull over an off-ramp going to Alps Road to get over that, to get out, to, to get onto 23. And it's crazy. I mean, again, I want to say, I, I said so old, I guess, you know, years ago, um, we had the New York bus used to stop right here on the corner. They don't do that anymore because if they stop, they get killed, you know, stopping. We used to have a school, you know, the school bus on 23. That's where, how I got the bus to school, you know, and they don't, they don't do that anymore. It's too dangerous. So, you know, to add more buildings and more, you know, industry on this street is crazy. You, you got to figure out, you know, how are you going to do it? Is your street, you know, I, 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 this is my memory, is it, is it, is some of it unpaved? Um, it- <laughs> our street looks unpaved because it's so strange. We honestly have not had our street paved in over 30 years. Um, they kind of fling, you know, some patchwork as the truck goes by, but we've never had, we haven't had our, our road completely paved in a while. And I think, again, I hate to say, you know, they pave like, in Packenack Lake, in Pines Lake, in Lionshead Lake, but here, eh, you know, who, who, why do we need roads? They're going to flood anyway. Uh, it, you know, it's just crazy. And you talk about going back again to the master plan, um, you know, and preserving, you know, wetlands and stuff. Uh, down in the lower part of Mountain View, where the park and ride is, and there's an apartment building down there that's all wetland. And without a lot of, you know, ado, as they say, um, they were rezoned into residential. God forbid anybody, any developer takes them up on that and, and says, yeah, we're going to build houses here or something. The, the flooding and the runoff from the, the building, it's going to be like you can't imagine, you know. So, again, master plan. Do you, uh, there's an organization, I'm just throwing this out, it's for informational purposes. There's a thing called the uh, uh, Workforce Investment Board, uh, which uh, has a lot of experts on it, and it deals with uh, training and uh, the workflow into the county. Uh, is that something that you might want to approach and talk to? Because it also it includes hurt. like a college and the university and other other people. Go ahead. No, I think it can't hurt, you know, any any organization that, you know, we can get information from uh, is is golden, you know, and I think that's the thing. The town council doesn't seem to want to reach outside of themselves. They don't work with the county. In fact, if, if you go to a meeting or if you, you know, watch, you know, if you're really bored <laughs> and, you, you know, you watch the uh, council meetings on TV, uh, you'll see that they bash the county at every chance they get. And, you know, if push comes to shove, it's because they really don't know what the county does offer them. And they just, oh, yeah, they take all, all the town's money and we, we get nothing back. 
And, uh, you know, as town council people, they should know, you know. And so I've been going around when I, you know, go out canvassing, I've been going out with Marie Cordonaire, who's a wonderful, wonderful candidate for state assembly. Um, she's a uh, council person in Little Falls. And I've gone out with John Bartlett, who's a freeholder. And I think it's important to forge those relationships, those working relationships, because we can't do it. The town can't do it by themselves. You know, you need to work with the county. You need to work with the state. Maria's Here's- looking, for example, to, um, to, uh, for full funding for schools. She's looking to turn the, uh, turn the tables and, and allow us to get our property taxes back. So, I mean, working directly with her on those kinds of things can only be beneficial for Wayne, you know, residents. So I, I do think, yeah, you have to reach out. Now, uh, Freeholder Bartlett, you have actually worked with. He's done something or made a, a, a suggestion or some offered some help to help you in this township? Yeah, he was, you know, so far, I mean, you know, uh, and, and Pat Lepore, and I've, I've talked to Terry Duffy, who are running, actually, for uh, freeholder positions right now. Um, but they've been very helpful. They've reached out. And, um, you know, we have, like, um, uh, Bartlett, we've gone canvassing. And, actually, um, it was very beneficial in one of the districts. Um, you know, uh, neighbors were, um, we had gone to a couple of houses there on, on a, I forget the name of the street now, but the neighbors were complaining that their crosswalks were taken away. And so it was causing a lot of traffic going in and out of the neighborhood. You know, there's a lot of confusion. There was a lot of time, you know, waiting, you know, accidents because, you know, people are always in a hurry. And, um, you know, Bartlett took out his phone, beep, 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 you know, and he said, I just made a, an appointment, and he says the county engineer is going to come and review it. And, um, you know, that's that's the kind of thing you you want to have. You know, if I didn't go out with him, that neighbor would have been complaining to me, and then I would have had to go. You know what I mean? It was like direct, boom, done. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, he's he's done quite a bit. And the, the people that we, you know, went around when we were canvassing, they loved him. They, I mean, they were hugging him. You know, one woman invited us for dinner, <laughs> so it was like, you know, it's interesting, you know, how you how you see it. So, you know, and yet, if you listen to the town council, they're the devils. So, uh, it's just sad that we really don't get along because that's all, the only way we're all going to, you know, survive. Everybody has to work, you know, together, and and it should cross party lines. Truly, it shouldn't be, you know, you're a Republican, I can't talk to you, or you know, you're a Democrat, you're a bum, you know, whatever. It really does need to cross party lines, and and you know, I think, you know, I come from an area where our congressman and we, his district actually winds around to say county in some respects, Gottheimer. Uh, he was mo- voted the most bipartisan uh, congressman in the last uh, congressperson in the last term. You have to work cool. the district. They, the exactly. mayor and the council have to work with just because they're Democrats or they are Republicans. It's it's not about their individual partisan politics. It's about what they can do together. Maybe to straighten right. out a road, pave a road like a road like yours uh, that mm-hmm. hasn't been paved accurately in 30 years. Uh, that's unfair to the people that live there and pay taxes there. They deserve much better. Uh, exactly. I'm not just well, like, they're public uh, servants. That's the thing. They're public right. servants. And I think they forget that. And when you forget that, that's when you deserve to go. 
you know, you just you're there for the wrong reason. So you're right. You live in a where uh, it, it, Democrats now ru- uh, rule two to one, except probably in Wayne. Although in the last right. uh, election for the Assembly, I believe uh, uh, Congresswoman Cheryl carried carried Wayne. I'm, I'm, I don't, am I right yes, on that? Yes, she did. She, she carried every every ward, every ward. She's a really good candidate. I mean, you can't you can't get better than her. I feel I've met her several times, and um, she's very responsive. You know, if you have a question or a comment or something, she's on top of it. And I mean, it's not like she's just hanging around waiting for me to call her up. <laughs> so I mean, she's very responsive. She actually opened a satellite office in Wayne um, by our library. So. Again, it doesn't matter, Republican, you know, Democrat, you can go there, and her aides are top-notch. They will, um, they will help you um, no matter what the problem. You know, and if they can't solve it, they'll find somebody who will. So, um, yeah, it's really it's, – it's a pleasure to see some, something like that because it just seems people are kind of um, turned off, you know. And they're kind of like, oh, things are done deals. You can't fight it. You might as well just, you know – just go with the flow, and that's just sad. It's a sad feeling it's when you hear people say that. You know, I guess I'm naive, or maybe I'm a dreamer. But I mean, I see how things can be, and there's no reason they can't. So um, it just takes, you know, you have to put yourself out there and and do it. We've covered um, since June. We've covered 2,300 houses. Um, wow, that's amazing. I know. <laughs> I'm tired. That is really <laughs> but, uh yeah, and I'll tell you, we had we've had a really good reception. So hopefully, you know, people won't say, "Oh, you know, she's going to win. She doesn't need my vote." You know, everybody has to come out. I mean, I've never missed an election. I voted in every single one, you know, since I I registered. And um, and I just think, you know, five minutes of your time. And if you can't do that, then do the mail-in, you know, ballot, and then you just stick it in the mail-in, and it comes in. But but every vote, especially this is a low voter turnout, they say. So, um, you know, low low interest year, and really the local the local elections are really important because they they affect everyone directly. So, you know, people have to get out. You know, just five minutes of your time, you go down, boom, done. So I think let's I, I, years ago in college uh, for a master's degree, I I did a uh, study of political participation. And uh, based it was on how people felt. My vote doesn't count. I'm powerless to make any change. But indeed, if you come out and you what you're doing now, getting 2,400 homes, and if they all show up, and whatever additional at uh, additional homes, you got the election. Yeah. Got, uh, because the other guys usually sit on their lap, or I don't know what they do down here if they rely on uh, cable TV commercials or some radio station. I hope that you raise money to at least have one or both of them. But uh, it's showing people that there is a need to vote and get out there. They can have their streets paved. There's no reason uh, they cannot. Uh, I yeah. met your sheriff. Yeah, the, well, I know Sheriff Burnett because when they pulled my signs down in the Sussex County Board, they were pulling his down. So I put his back up. But uh, I, I childish think... childish is that, right? How oh, childish. Totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, they would take my signs and they would throw them in the dump, and I paid a lot of money. And I would go yeah. to the dump, climb into the dumpster at the dump, <laughs> and take my signs out and bring them back. And if, I, if there was somebody yeah. else's, I'd bring them back. It's yeah. That's the makeup of B 
because they rely on nothing. They, they rely on ignorance. Last year, yeah. you had a guy running uh, against uh, uh, for the assembly in the name Crook. And I, I thought it was funny because I saw that. I, I saw people that I knew that were Republican candidates pulling those signs down uh, yeah. here in Wayne. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why anybody, the name Crook. <laughs> I know. It was unfortunate, really, kind of an unfortunate name. I think he kind of made a play on it, but, yeah, you're kind of like, I, I can't do it, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, what are you? Know. What are your overall aims? What what things were you going to push in this election? Well, I think there has to be, you know, dignity and respect brought back to the council, um, you know, on many levels. Um, you know, when when people get up to speak, you know, you need to hear. And uh, I know my running mates were talking about having, you know, town halls and you know that kind of thing, uh, you know, a couple times a year. But I think. That's good, but you you really have to stretch it further, and and you want to do something that you can initiate. So, um, you know, my my number will be available, my email will be available. So if people contact me, you know, I will help them. I will try and you know find the answer. And then what I'd like to do is is review it at the end of the town council meeting and say, you know, I talked to so many people and they had this problem and we did this or whatever. So people know that they're being heard. Um, you know, we're not going to ridicule somebody, you know, I mean, I, I, I actually heard the, the town council people insult a veteran of all things, my God, um, and say, you know, you don't pay taxes. So like, you know, get screw, you know, scram. Like, <laughs> are you kidding? Like, are you kidding? These are public servants. These people voted for you when you speak to people like that. How dare you? You know, it's awful. Unfortunately, our time is uh, ending, and they're going to cut us off in oh, a couple geez. minutes. Um, Arlene, I tried researching on the internet to try to find something that I can link to where people can uh, can go to find out more about you or participate in your campaign. Where would you recommend I go? Um, I don't have the postcard in front of me. Hang on two seconds. Okay. <laughs> or, if, or if Bill has it, Bill can email it to me, and I'll put it up later. I, my daughter had it. I'll, I'll get it if she doesn't have it. Uh, Okay. Uh, it's amazing, Hercules. She hit 2,400 homes. Wow. Uh, okay. So sorry. I'm so sorry. It's Wayne, uh, Wayne for all. And um, we have a – trying to look at so small print. Uh, Facebook.com, Wayne for all, 2019. And there's a I Wayne for all. The, got it? The, the postcard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got Dot org. Yeah. And I will also find it on Facebook and put a link to it. Uh, you are awesome. I learned a lot uh, listening to you. Uh, I wish you Thank great you. success in your campaign. Thank you, Bill, for bringing another wonderful guest uh, uh, on the show. And uh, please come back again. Oh, thank Hercules. you so much. I really appreciate it. Bill, thank you. Any, thank you. No, no problem. Is there any way to get her a copy of the blog or something? Yes, Um are, you're on Facebook. Friend me. It's Hercules Invictus. Okay. And if you PM me uh, whatever contact information, I'll um, I'll find the link for the uh, show and I will mail it to you. So it's on my page, you know. So you okay. can also link uh, that way as well, and uh, it'll be available on demand like within half an hour after we finish. Um, wow. And okay. if you refer people there, the show is roughly 40 minutes. So you go like 80 minutes into it, and that's when your segment will begin. Oh, wow. Okay. Perfect. 
that's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your allowing me to to talk. <laughs> Thank you. And Bill, any last words of wisdom to leave with our people? And I'll take the scepter of Zeus back now. Thank you. I think that it's imperative that more people do what Arlene does and, and step up and either run for office or get involved uh, in politics. We see what's going in, on in Washington, uh, no matter which side of the fence you're on. Uh, as she said, uh, some of the things that are going on are, are horrible. Uh, it's not the, what I would call the American way. And I think we can better, our better angels need to come out or we're in real deep trouble. I'm glad that I, at the municipal level that she's running and other people like her are running. Uh, there's a need for primaries uh, where people run against each other. Uh, sometimes the only election is in the primary for the one dominant party, wherever the, that party is. But uh, uh, I'm glad you ran this, Hercules. I really pleased it. This was a, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was an awesome interview. And um, Arlene, if you like uh, what, uh, how the podcast sounds and everything, uh, I give you permission to to cut out that clip, you know, polish it up and put it on your uh, website. Just credit the, oh, the show. Okay. And this way people yeah. can listen to what you stand for. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, and thanks to all who joined us tonight. Until next time, this is Arlene, Bill, and Hercules wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. <laughs>